Anthony Robinson committed to the Ole Miss Rebels over the weekend. We talk about what that commitment means, what type of player he is, and also what will the Rebels do next. It's time to big game hunt. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Please subscribe there. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Also, this show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you had a fantastic weekend. Anthony Robinson committed to the Ole Miss Rebels yesterday. This player out of South Louisiana, Destrehan High School, state championship winner in his year last year, really good player. This player is the fifth-rated player in Ole Miss's class. That's what this means. He's a borderline four-star prospect. He's probably one of those players that we talked about are probably going to move up in the fall. Now, one thing you need to know about him, he he apparently does not have an LSU offer, which is weird because this is the type player that LSU has made a living off of on en route to DBU status over the years. This is a good football player. He has the potential to even be somebody in the vein of a Honey Badger or a Grant Delpit. Now, th- those are exaggerations and hyperbolic stuff, but that is his ceiling of what he can do. He's a genuine Alley running safety. He has good ball skills and is a tremendous athlete. He doesn't look like he's quite the athlete that Andy Jaffe is, but he doesn't need to be. And that's important to remember. Really good player. Now, also, when you look at what's going on with him, you can see his profile ranking. He is a borderline four-star on on three, 247, and ESPN. Not ranked on rivals. That's bringing down his total score. He's an 88.45 at the moment. Number 505 nationally. Number 49 safety in the country. And a number 11 a player in Louisiana. He's 6'2", 190. He has good size, good length. Um, and like we said, he is from Destrehan, Louisiana. Whenever you look at the um, offers that he had, it was really it came down to an Ole Miss-Notre Dame battle. Ole Miss was able to win that. Tulane obviously offered. State offered. Miami offered. I think he has like 20 or 25 totally listed on the on, on three profiles. And when we talk, break down his film in the next segment, you'll be able to see what type of player he is, especially against the run. He uses athleticism really well. A lot of it is kind of God-given athleticism. And he needs a little bit of time to develop. But when it's, whenever he hits, he has a chance to be pretty special, in my opinion. Now, I like Anthony Robinson. I like players from Louisiana. And Pete Golding is having a lot of success in South Louisiana this season, whether it's Raji Dennis or, um, or I just forgot his name, Anthony Robinson. They obviously have been able to put together a little bit of a recruiting class. Now, New Orleans is a weird place. And Nick Saban, when he was hired at Louisiana, his number one mandate when he got to LSU was to fix 
LSU recruiting in New Orleans because New Orleans has always been a problem area. And if LSU's not careful, it'll turn into one again. And when he arrived at LSU, that was shortly after like Marshall Falk went to San Diego State, Wark Dunn went to Florida State, and athlete after athlete after athlete left the greater New Orleans area and went to some other school and became a star. It was Nick Saban's job to try and fix that. It actually started a little bit with like the time of Jerry Nardo, but it was Nick Saban's mandate to get that fixed. And he was able to do that. And they locked it down. And play, people like Frank Wilson and everybody, they made sure that pipeline was remaining intact. And they did that by finding people that were having success outside to kind of replicate that success at LSU. And one of the reasons they did that, even like you had the Frank Wilson, who was the um, was the what was he called, the Godfather of New Orleans. He was a high school coach down there, had a lot of contacts. Ole Miss hired him up here. That's how Frank Wilson kind of burst onto the scene. And Mike Wallace, Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, Kendrick Lewis. That's how New Orleans kind of opened up in that period, right after. Nick Saban left um, LSU and whenever Les Miles was coming in. And Ole Miss started to build that, real similar, honestly, to what we're seeing right now. But LSU was able to get Frank Wilson hired on his staff. He was kind of hired to lock down New Orleans. And shortly after Frank Wilson was at Ole Miss, LSU kind of become the, became the dominant force in that city, and it became so for about 15 years. LSU's still at the point where almost they could have anybody they want out of that city, and if Anthony Robinson was rece received an LSU offer, he'd probably jump on it. That's just my opinion, but that's kind of the impression I got. He did camp at LSU, and I don't know... This is something we need to keep an eye on because LSU becoming a national recruiter could happen at the expense of the state of Louisiana. And the state of Louisiana, like Alabama, did fairly well in Louisiana. But LSU really could get whoever basically they wanted. But now, over the last year, I'll say, Ole Miss is doing pretty well down there. And I I guess it might have started with um, Walker Howard transferring up, who was from St. Thomas More in Lafayette. But you can see more of a presence in South Louisiana. Not so much North Louisiana yet, but South Louisiana, there is a presence there at the moment. And we can all be thankful of that going on. When we come back, we're going to talk about highlights. We're going to show you what Anthony Robinson looks like. We're, you're going to see him run the channel you're going to get to see his athletic ability at work it's a pretty good thing so stick around for that but first i do want to let you know that baseball season is in full swing and there's no better place to get on the action than FanDuel. that's because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet of up to one thousand dollars that's up to one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win so Join today and you know don't don't use that first bet on the Tigers. It, it 
it they just kill you. Whenever you talk about the Detroit Tigers, I, I, sit, I just sat down and watched them play, and you just never can know. It's just it's just a crapshoot. So I recommend that you do not bet on that. Now, I do realize that Mississippi is a brick-and-mortar casino state, um, and FanDuel is not available inside that border. But if you go to New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Shreveport, Monroe, Delta, Louisiana, or up to Tennessee and Memphis and Jackson, Tennessee and Nashville, over to Gatlinburg and Knoxville, you can use the FanDuel Sports Act. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 when you use FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel is an official partner of Major League Baseball, and Major League Baseball's trademarks are used with permission. That's pretty cool indeed. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every day is big news tomorrow. Andy Jaffe is supposed to be on the program um, Tuesday's show. If technology does not get in the way, he's scheduled to record. Also, we might have Ashanti Seastrunk tonight. So that's two, two videos that you can look forward to on this channel. I'll tell you what, this channel is blowing up pretty good, isn't it? So enjoy that. Have fun with that and see what's going on. All right. Anthony Robinson just committed, as we said, to Ole Miss, and his highlights are, are interesting. He's, he's an alley player. He's that typical player that LSU has made their money off of over the last 25 years. And whenever you look at what he does really well, it's kind of his athleticism more than his read and react at this point. There's still developmental things that can be done in his game to make him better. But his athleticism, bar none, is his strength. When you look at him and he gets in the open field, he does a lot of the similar stuff that Andy Jaffe did whenever you saw that video. Super quick, super fast, super good football player, really smooth, really fluid runner. Um, good player. I don't think he is quite the athlete that Andy Jaffe is, but he's a really, really good athlete. Now, he is about an inch or two taller. He is about, I think, 10 pounds heavier. And whenever you match that with the speed that he does have, whether it be the three-cone drill or the L drill or, you know, running on the 40-yard dash, all the stuff that combine warriors do, um, he's going to test out a, probably at a little bit higher level. Good player. This is somebody that whenever you take into account Ole Miss's defense in Pete Golding's second year this is the type player that just puts athleticism all over the field you got length you got athleticism they want to disrupt they want to attack they're everything that pete golding is famous with running his defense and you can see exactly how this kid can go he was 14 and 0 last year they won the state championship and you can see him you know when the quarterback scrambles out you have an athletic quarterback that against most teams, he turns the corner, he is unable to against Anthony Robinson. He does a really good job in that box safety position. Um, and I think he is probably a good fit for, I forget what they call it. They might call it a star. They might call it a Husky. I'm not 100% sure what they call it, but he might be a really good fit in that moving forward. I don't see him that much as a free safety. I don't see him as a strong safety, but I do see him as a box safety, alley running type safety that he can do some damage on. Put him close to the line of scrimmage, affect the run game, force, force, force the offense to one side of the field because he's lining up there 
and that can help your defense out whenever you have players on the back end as well. Like I said, really, really good football player. I'm excited about this. The fifth best commitment by, I guess, 247 and on three both. It'll be the fifth best commitment in their class. Good football player. Borderline four-star. He has a chance to hit it in the fall if he has a decent fall season. And we see exactly how he goes. And he's, he's, he just wreaks havoc. He, he just causes, causes things to happen. And that is the reason Ole Miss should be very excited about him. Now, they have to develop him. They have to do what he needs to do. But he has the ability to be a pretty good player. Now, whenever you talk about, what's his name, Kenyota Hudson, I may be mispronouncing and I apologize if I am. And you have Wes Neighbors in the defensive backfield. I think both of them are going to fight over this player. It, there's some position versatility on the back end that I think they can utilize with him. And whenever all the players mixing and matching, matching around, you have a chance that they could be a very, very good football player. But Anthony Robinson has committed to the Ole Miss Rebels. Good thing. Good deal. And when we come back, we're going to tell you exactly what that means, exactly what Ole Miss is going to do next, and why I'm expecting Transfer Portal to kind of take a larger role now that we've gotten to 16, 17, 18 type commitments. There's still a couple of players that could pop, but I think we're big game hunting, and I think we're transfer portaling from now on. So stick around for that. Thanks for making the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out Lockdown SEC. Chris Gordy and I guess I almost said his staff, but Chris Gordy does a really good job um, covering the Southeastern Conference from his Lockdown channel. Do that, and every day or tomorrow on the show, we should have Andy Jaffe. Um, that interview is scheduled. Technology could get in the way, but the plan is to have Andy on this show. All right. We talk about Anthony Robinson. Now, what does it mean? We talked about what type of player he is, um, his profile. We broke all that down. What does it mean to have a player like Anthony Robinson in this class? Now, the important thing that you need to realize is Ole Miss's top commitments. Here they are. And this is according to On3. Their top commitment is Cameron Beavers out of Bay Springs. Their second is Jeffrey Rush. Very good, very meaningful players on the D-line. Tavares Banks, third. Damon Williams, fourth. And John Wayne Oliver, fifth. John Wayne Oliver kind of fell out of favor. Nobody talked about his commitment because of what else happened in state. But that's a very good pickup, especially on the offensive line for Ole Miss. And those being the top players they're in, the reason I want to point that out is because um, Anthony Robinson will fit in right ahead of John Wayne Oliver. He'll bump John and Wayne Oliver off of this top five list, and he'll be the sixth highest rate, rated commitment. Now, whenever you look at class calculators, you know, after the Anthony Robinson commitment, they have Ole Miss getting up to 198.13 per 247 sports. They do the team calculator thing. And to let you know exactly where that stands, um, this will put Ole Miss in at number 17 and bump the other schools down. If you look at that 198 number, that'll get ahead of them as well. And other commitments are on the horizon potentially for Ole Miss. Not many, but a few. And it's a big get. This shows exactly what how important the Anthony Robinson commitment was. Um, Although it's kind of funny, 
that Mississippi State has done all of this and they had just an amazing week and they're so excited and they just broke even. That, that tells you how bad it's been leading up to this. Now, why it's happening, that's something we can dig into eventually, but something is happening. And I don't think it's because they just have NIL money because they've, none has been spent because if any has, they've broken an SEC rule, an NCAA rule. So, at best, it's a promissory note, and some of those players that have committed to Mississippi State, like Jimothy Lewis, who did commit to Mississippi State, J.J. Harrell, Braylon Burnside, they'll all be recruited by Ole Miss Miss till the end. When I say big game hunting, those three are definitely on the list. Um, Nareel White, who's another four-star in Mississippi, apparently Ole Miss just hasn't talked to him in a couple of days. A couple weeks, actually. And that's interesting to me as well. So that tells me that things are kind of starting to wind down as they fill the room up with players that they think they can play. play. And I think that at this point, I think there's a couple of players that could pop this summer, okay? And Ole Miss could get to 18 to 20 players in their high school rank, which if you go off the last few years, that's a decent number. But the transfer portal is always going to play a massive role in Ole Miss football. It just is, at the expense of high school recruiting. And you can look on the roster, and in this class, what they need what they need to pick up is going to be determining what they're going after in the transfer portal. You've almost figured out a pattern within Ole Miss football. It's like, hey, we try to figure out what we can get in the tra- in, in the high school recruiting. What we can't, we get in the um, transfer portal. And it's not about making a splash. It's about putting together the best roster that you can. And Ole Miss right now has one of the best rosters in my lifetime, if not the best. And it's important to know that that's, that's going to continue. That's going to change. Because in this age, and I am dead serious about this, People that want to follow recruiting like it's 2008, just like if they want to follow college football like it's 2008, they're they're going to be lost. They're not going to know how to react. Whenever they have things pre-programmed that's going to get a reaction out of them, it doesn't mean the same thing now. So people are going to freak out. People are not going to freak out. And I recommend not freaking out. And this is this is my example. Okay, when, when somebody commits to another school, in 2008, that meant it was basically done. You were pretty sure that player was going to go to that school. And there was decommitments back then, but you were pretty sure that player was going to go there. That isn't the case now. Now in the age of NIL, you don't want to commit your better prospects until as late as possible because whenever you commit them, the number that you offered them, that is going to get around and other schools are going to have a chance to match and go past that number. It's at a disadvantage when a heavily recruited player, not a quarterback, not a quarterback, but a heavily recruited player commits in June. You want those players to commit in November. You want those players to commit in December because there's less time for shenanigans to happen. And if anything, what was a commitment back in 2008 is now an NIL, NLI signing. Whenever a player signs is the equivalent of what a commitment was. And a, um, a national letter intent signing is after you get a transfer or that player stays with you. 
That, that is what college football has become. And a lot of people don't understand that. And you can tell they don't understand it by, it's just like Twitter, you know, crowing in the first quarter. It doesn't make any sense. So when Ole Miss gets a commit, Anthony Robinson included, it, it just basically signifies that there is a leader in June. Other than that, a commitment is just a leverage chip that they can use. And that number is going to get out there and it's a way to make more money. I hate to say it, but it is what it is. But I do expect Ole Miss over the next couple of months to big game hunt a little bit. Um, the Camarion Franklins, those type players that they can make a splash with, I, they're, I think they're going to commit them really hard or recruit them really hard. And they're also going to try and figure out what they have and how they can supplement it in the transfer portal before the season starts so you know what you're looking for before players start blowing up so you're ahead of the game there. I, I think that's what the personnel department at Ole Miss is doing right now. Um, it's going to be good because this season has a chance to be a special, special football season. This offense has a chance to be more explosive than it was with Matt Corral, and we all remember what that offense looked like. There's a couple of things that need to be tweaked. There's a couple of things that we hope happens. Um, but this offense has a chance to be really, really explosive. In case everybody doesn't know also, Jackson Dart was unable to make his Manning Passing Academy trip because he tweaked his knee apparently. Um, nobody is freaking out about that, so you shouldn't freak out about that. I think it was just a situation where it's been close, rested a little bit, take care of that, come back and throw and get ready for um, summer conditioning next week. That, that's what I think happened there. But Jackson Dart has an absolutely massive fall for him coming up. And we're going to talk about that as we get a little bit closer. we got w and W's and L's coming up in July. We'll start that. Um, we were waiting on all the transfers and the roster to get finalized before that happened. Once we hit July, before SEC Media Days, we'll do W's and L's. And we're going to, um, like I said, potentially if technology works out, the Shanti Seastrunk um, will be on the show tonight. Um, with Pratt Rogers, I guess tomorrow night is the day it airs. And then Andy Jaffe will be on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast Tuesday morning. So we have that to look forward to as well. So good players, lots of things happening on this um, channel. Lots of things working forward. We're working on some really unique, fun um, post-game and pre-game coverage for you in the fall that involves media members from different sites, crossovers, because I, you know me, I'm all about perspectives and commentary, and I want as many perspectives as I can get. So that is something I'm looking forward to um, doing with people that are actually in the stadium. So it should be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fired up. I'm pretty fired up about what's going on and what could happen. And there, there's a couple of players that could absolutely pop in the next three weeks that are super fun, super great players. I'm not talking about five stars. I'm talking about really good football players, and we'll break them down if and when they do commit. And, of course, the state of Mississippi, that is going all the way until signing day. We have Brian Smith on on the weekends, and he talks about our Mississippi updates with what is going on. 
Um, he was down at the Under Armour Future 50 Combine down at IMG Academy in Bradenton. And he's down there all the time. Bradenton's an hour and a half, two hours away from where I am. And um, Brian's 10 minutes away from where I am. So it's, it's not that horrible of a drive for Brian to get down to Bradenton. And honestly, that's a plus that's going on. We're, we're thinking about um, doing something together, me and Brian, um, once All-Star Game season starts, some kind of short run um, podcast and talk about what happened every day and stuff like that. So that's something that we're looking forward to as well. we got a lot of plans and a lot of irons in the fire. I do want to thank everybody for this past weekend. We broke records Saturday and Sunday for the channel. Not, not for that day, but for the whole channel, the whole lifeblood that it's led. And um, that is because of you. Thank you very much for that. And Walker Jones probably had something to do with that as well. So... I hope everybody has a good time. We're going to have some fun. It's still June. We still have about three weeks of just torturous activity before the storylines. That is media days hit, and you can talk about that for a couple days, and then fall camp starts. Um, but we still have about three weeks of trying to just kind of plod through this. And once we get into July, we'll start doing W's and L's and previewing opponents and stuff like that. But we still have this week. This week is going to be the hardest week of the year because there's there's not a lot going on. You got college coaches that are going on their July vacations or whatever vacation they have. You've got um, players that are done with camp season and all the commitments are kind of gone by the wayside if they can. The news cycle kind of slows down this week. Now, something might happen. Hopefully, something will pop, and if they will, we'll be there to talk about it. But as it sits, it could be fairly interesting. Anyway, thank you very much for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every dayers, those that listen every day, Andy Jaffe on the show um, tomorrow, Shanti Seastronk on the show with Pratt Rogers tomorrow, unless technology gets us. But the plan is those are both scheduled as well so we'll see about that anyway just want to say we're part of the locked on podcast network Ole Miss every day thank you very much and we will talk to you tomorrow